0: The following audio is from Park Church in Denver, Colorado. More information about Park Church is available online at parkchurchdenver.org. Again, Luke 2, 36-38. And there was a prophetess, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel, of the tribe of Asher. She was advanced in years, having lived with her husband seven years from when she was a virgin, and then as a widow until she was 84. She did not depart from the temple, worshiping with fasting and prayer night and day. And coming up at that very hour, she began to give thanks to God and to speak of him to all who are waiting for the redemption of Jerusalem. This is the word of God. Thanks be to God. <sighs> Amen to that. Well, good morning. good morning. How y'all doing? Good, yeah. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house. Of the Lord and I'm grateful for that hey I will I want to say this real quick let's never take for granted together as saints let's never take for granted it is a gift from God to be able to come together at least one time a week to be able to worship and praise him so this is a sweet gift and I pray that we enjoy this gift until um, he comes again because then we'll be with everybody and it'll just be a good old Holy Ghost party right so, uh, but no, hey, if you're new here, hey, my name is Miguel Warren, and I have the privilege and the honor uh, to serve here on staff as the director of community. And so um, I'm glad that you're here, grateful that you're here. And even for everyone that, has, that is here, um, it's not by mistake. So there's a reason why you're here. God wants to speak to you. He has a word for you and for myself. So if you could pray for me, and I'll pray for us, and then we'll sit at the feet of Jesus to hear what he has to say to us through his word. Amen. 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 And before I pray, let's just remember, we're not talking to air. We're talking to a God that cares, a God that um, desires and delights to hear from his children. Lord Jesus, thank you, Father, for your faithfulness, for your mercy, for your goodness, the compassion that you constantly drip over us day by day. God, I pray not here as a strong man, but actually as a weak one. Needing you to move. God, like many of us, we got a lot on our minds. Life is, always, is not great. We're trying to figure out what's next, trying to figure out arrangement with this holiday season. But God, as we uh, go into the singing and longing and reorienting our lives to expect the coming of Jesus again, God, I pray. Lord, that, we, that you meet us in those times. Lord, there's, there's, we, we, we need you right now like never before because right now is what's important. So, God, the things that we have, the things that we bring to, this, uh, to, to the altar, the things we bring here to this church, God, I pray that we lay it at your feet, exactly what your word says, that we can lay our burdens onto you, God. So grip our heart, Father, with your words. Lord, it's not my word, it's not my, 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 my speech, it's not um, the eloquence of it, but it is by your power, Father, that brings life from dry and dead places. It is you, O oh Lord, that can save and take us from eternal damnation to the kingdom of heaven. So, God, we're asking you to reprove, rebuke, exhort, Father, encourage us with your word today, Lord. Let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O oh Lord, my rock and my redeemer. And collectively, we all together said, amen. Amen. As we continue our Advent series and continue our time through the season, I'd like to start off with a quote from Fleming, uh, Fleming Rutledge. And she, it says this, Every year, Advent begins in the dark. Advent is designed to show the meaning of Christmas is diminished to the vantage point If we are not willing to take a fearless inventory of darkness. It requires courage to take into heart of darkness, especially when we are afraid we might see ourselves there. The authenticity hopeful Christmas spirit has not looked away from darkness but straight into it. The true victorious Christmas spirit does not look away from death but directly at it. Otherwise, the message is cheap and false. Advent is a season that begins in the dark of longing. But even though it starts in the dark of longing, it is by God's grace that we don't stay in the dark. There will come a time there will come a time where there will be no more crying, no more pain, no more hurt, no more suffering. There will come a time where he will declare all things new. And so Advent invite us to feel our experiences deeply and to have them refocus under the power, the presence, and the promise of God. Last week, Pastor Gary fed us well uh, when he preached on fasting, on the aspect when Anna was uh, uh, with fasting there, and eagerly, and what that look, what fasting looks like as we long and wait for our King Jesus to come back a second time. And today, we're going to look at the same passage again, but this time, instead of focusing on the prophetess Anna's when it comes to fasting, we will look at Anna's deep hunger for God, and particularly considering the practice of daily prayer prayer is not merely is not merely an event prayer is not an amenity no rather prayer prayer is the essence of the believer it is who we are it is actually it is a matter of the life and death that moves us to hold on through this life you know many of us kind of treat prayer like the national anthem before every sporting event, the National Anthem is played across this world. And the truth is, it really doesn't even have anything to do with the game. It just gets the game started, right? And many of us are like that. And when the National Anthem is played, if you ever take observance, some are really engaged into it and, and, and really heartfelt, but others are waiting for it to go by. They're just going through the motions, just waiting eagerly for the event to start for what they came for. And many of us treat prayer that same exact way. It just gets the game started, but yet we want to have nothing to do with it when it goes. So what is prayer? There's many ways we could define it, but I, I, I want to define prayer in a few ways here. Prayer is, if I could say, because here's the crazy thing about this. like We know, in a sense, what prayer is and how important it is. But what does it really define? What is it here? Here's what prayer is. Prayer is God's method of communication for and with his people. Accessing the spiritual realm to bring heaven to earth. To experience his presence now as we wait for the second coming of Jesus. As Dr. Tony Evans defines. Prayer is fellowship with God through Jesus Christ, expressed in adoration, thanksgiving, intercession, through which believers draw near to God to learn more of his will. Get this, of his will for our lives. Come on. Amen. And as E.M. Bound, the famous writer, says, prayer is an expression of the soul's dependent upon God. So if we know prayer is important, if we get it, right, we understand it's vital, then why don't we pray? Why don't we? What are the hindrances to that here? And we could sit here and we can shout and spot a hundred different things. And I've just narrated to a few. Um, one, some of us, we don't pray because, um, honestly, prayer is not really, it's not natural. We're sinful. We're born sinful. So to pray and to, um, to pray in the Spirit it's very difficult for us to do because, one, we don't know how to do, and when things aren't natural for us to do, we just tap out. The other reason why we pray is you go, hey, I don't have, I don't have the fancy words, right? Someone asks you to pray, you're like, oh, I don't know what to say. So we just don't. Or we think, hey, I can't pray for 15, 20 minutes. I'm just not about to pray at all. But to be honest, I think one of the reasons why we don't pray is because we're, we're so in a rush. It's hard for us to slow down. See, we, when we pray, we want those microwave prayers. We want them hot pocket two-minute prayers. Yeah, y'all like hot pockets, I see. <laughs> That's what this is. We want it. we like, all right, look here, God, I got my petition. Thanks. Um, all right, what's up? Two minutes is here. Bing. We need it. Because we don't want to slow down. We're such in a rush. So that's one of the reasons why we don't pray. Another reason why is that one is, is unconfessed sin. Hey, we, we done messed up. We was out kicking it last night. And you're like, look here, uh-uh, I just can't go to God. I can't do that right now. So we're like, I just ain't going to pray. I'm going to just hope, hope that time goes past and then I can be good. Unconfessed sin is. But I believe one of the reasons why we don't pray is that we don't stay connected to God. And, the, and, and Anna shows us here that when you look at the text, it says that she did not depart from the temple. And that's what we ought to do here. That brings me to my first point. Do not depart from the temple. And you got to understand in that time what the temple represented. It It was a place where sin was confessed and atoned for. It was the physical building to experience the presence of God in that time until Jesus comes which we'll talk about. So understand here, even David kind of had the understanding of this. David says in Psalms 27, 4, he says, one thing I have asked of the Lord that I will seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. See, you have to understand, David wasn't at the temple 24-7. Right? He had a life. He had to lead. He was a king. He had work to do. But understand this, what what it is is that David had a heart posture that longed to be with God. It was his heart posture that wanted to be in the presence of God and wanted to be in the temple so that he can know and experience all that God has to offer. And we too ought to do such a thing. And And what I'm saying here in the text is we need to be like Anna. We need to be tethered to the temple. We need to be tethered to the temple because to do so means that we will receive the needed nutrients to build us up in Christ, to receive the power and to experience His presence. It's like, okay, let me say this it's like an umbilical cord. Seriously, it's so vital. The umbilical cord is so vital because it takes the the mother has the nutrients, and from the mother, the nutrients through the umbilical cord then passes on to the child that is inside her growing, and the child grows, and it grows because of the nutrients that is feeding through this um, uh, umbilical cord. And that is exactly what prayer is. Prayer is the umbilical cord, tethering us to God, transferring the life-giving gospel nutrients from our Father to us. It's like, and when we don't stay tethered to the temple, when we don't stay connected to God, here's what happened. We experienced a spiritual malnourishment. And understand this, she, she was tethered to the temple, and if I can use that metaphorically here, meaning that because there was a, uh, it says she never depart from it. So she was constantly going to it. But here's the beautiful thing now, because Jesus Christ has come. Right, And we're waiting again. Here's the thing. Jesus now is the temple, so we don't need to go to a physical place in order to experience the presence of God. No, because God is with us. God now becomes the temple. So to be tethered to the temple means to be tethered to Jesus every single day of our life. You don't have to come to this place in order to be tethered to the temple. Because he's Emmanuel, right? God is with us here, and understand this concept of being tethered to Jesus actually is kind of played out in John 15, uh, John chapter 15, verses four of uh, five through through seven, there where it talks about abide in Christ. If you abide in Christ, and then He will abide in you, and then it says in there, ask what you wanted to be given unto you. And many of us want to jump to the part where well, you said, If I ask, you'll give it to me, but negate the fact it says that to abide in Him, to dwell with Him. And many of us, when we comes to praying or when it comes to being tethered to Jesus and it comes tethered to Him, what we want to do is we want to invite God into our house but only hold Him to the living room. Oh, come on. Y'all know somebody come to the house and you know that bedroom ain't clean. Yeah, you want to go use the restrooms down the hall. Oh, my door's open. Let me go shut the door. Because you ain't want nobody to see that mess in there. Right? You come out, the living room's all polished, kitchen clean, because you want the people to have an impression like, oh, yeah, this place is clean. And that's what we want to do with the Father. We want to be like, hey, you can come into my life, but only this part that's clean. Mm -mm." And what's crazy is that we act like he don't know anyway, because he's all-knowing, which is mind-blowing here. But what it is to be tethered to them, what God wants is what he's saying in his word is that, hey, when I abide in you, I want to have access to all of your house. The bedroom, the closet, the stuff in the attic that we don't want nobody to see. But God says that when you dwell with him, get that dwell, meaning all of you, bringing the true self to you, the good, the bad, the ugly, and not so great. Then he dwells with you and you can experience a powerful experience with God because he's not having a relationship with the fake you, but with the real you. Let him dwell in all of your house, not just the living room. Again, we can stay tethered to Jesus. And when we do so, we're able to experience the power and presence and his promise that he has here. But understand here, Anna was aware of her need. She was aware of her need of God, which is why she fasted and prayed night and day. And, and which leads us to my second point here, we ought to pray daily. We ought to pray daily. The text tells us that she prayed night and and day now that doesn't mean that she just never lived life and she was just constantly praying and never experiencing anything it just constantly you know in prayer no but the idea what the scholars would point us to is that there's these fixed hour prayers there are these daily prayers that was actually happening and in that time it wasn't uncommon to have these moments of actual scheduled time to like pray um, it even talks about in, in Psalms 119.62, it says, at, at midnight I raise praise to you. Psalms 119.164 says, seven times in a day I praise you for your righteous rule. Even Peter went to the rooftop and prayed at a certain hour in Acts chapter 10. And so having these times to pray, having these daily prayers, is something that is not foreign and uncommon. But hear me when I say, I don't want you to hear that if, um, when it comes to this daily prayer, when it comes to constantly praying and spending time with him, I'm not saying that this is not to be a burden upon you. This isn't just another yoke. This is not a yoke to place upon you, saying that, well, if you don't do this, then God won't do that. That's not what this is. It's not that if you pray all the time and you check these boxes off, it's like, okay, now I'm a good Christian. Now I feel better about myself. That's not the concept here. That's not what I'm getting at. What it is is that it is constantly faithfully experiencing petitioning before God to experience and to wait on the promises of his word. And I believe that is why Simeon and Anna in our text have done that. And after years upon years, decade upon decade, they finally experienced the benefit of that. So that lets us know prayer is not about the material or seeing things answered. Yes, God will do that. We ought to pray for, to think for, to move and to see um, prayers to be answered. But ultimately, the text says that she was worshiping. Don't forget that word. Worshiping, fasting, praying, meaning prayer is a worship unto our God. Again, not to be a burden, and to make it a little more clear, daily prayer is what, like First Thessalon, what Paul says in First Thessalonians five seventeen, it's praying without ceasing. That's what it is. It's like Matthew seven seven, when you ask and you knock and you seek, and he says, and 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 the Lord will answer. It is a continually um, ongoing engagement with our Father. It is a relationship. It is a conversation that is taking place right? Don't get me wrong. I, I, I would love it. I would love it if we could just, you know, got a coffee, got the tea brewing in the morning, fireplace lit, kids sleep, and you just, all right, now I'm about to engage in the goodness of God. Yes, those are moments for that, but anybody got kids, no, that ain't reality. <laughs> You're like, all right, great, they're asleep, I'm gonna wake up. Why are you waking up at 6 20 in the morning? What I'm saying is that, so those moments are there. I'm not saying that. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not saying that. But daily prayer is that when you're in the car, on the way to work, or when you're in the gym, or you're in the meeting that you got to present, or, or when you're at job, or you're at home with kids. Yes, at home with kids. I'm so grateful my wife is back from out of town. I always appreciate her. Hear me, I appreciate my wife. I appreciate you, baby. You stay at home with three kids, five, six, uh, six three, and two. Lord, help me today. I was praying all the time. I was like, I don't want to hear Frozen again. <laughs> I don't. But when you're there, in all of those moments, we, wherever you are, it, the concept, the idea is that you're praying and you're communion with God because, again, you're tethered to the temple. Jesus is the temple, and he is with us. And actually, when it comes to this praying with our seats or these daily prayers, we can do um, what is called these Jesus prayers or what, what are called breath prayers that came from Luke 18. the man was sitting outside the gate and he saw Jesus come by and the first thing he said was lord Jesus son of David have mercy on me and then people was trying to shush him they were trying to tell him be quiet and he got louder lord have mercy on me that's where the breath prayers come from and what i mean by breath prayers is that it can be said as you inhale and exhale at the same time lord Jesus son of David have mercy on me that's what breath prayers are. It's, Lord, I need you. I need you. It's the inhaling and exhaling as we breathe. They can be prayed that short, and that is just as powerful if somebody wants to pray for one hour. So, if this is the case, then what keeps us from, what keeps us from these daily prayers? We kind of list off talking about how we don't want to slow down. Earlier when we talk about what keeps us from prayer. We don't want to slow down. We want these microwave prayers. Those things are good. Unconfessed sin. But I will say this. One of the sin that keeps us from these daily prayers is pride. See, pride says I don't need you. Pride says I got it all under control. Pride says that, you know, things are great. They're good. So life is great. Kids is obeying. Things are well on the job. Got promotion. I don't need you. This is good. Oh, yeah. Thank you, Jesus. But I'm good. And then even if life is hard... We become the chess master and trying to figure out, well, how can I move this piece in and how can I move that piece in? And then if we get a chance to pray, then we might pray to God. And if we do, we treat God like the insurance card. He is our roadside assistant. We call him when there's an issue, when there's a problem. And hear me, I'm not saying that we shouldn't call him, but God shouldn't hear from us only when there's trouble. He should hear hear from us all the time. I'm married. Some of you all are married, some of you all have relationships, you date with people Let somebody only call you when they want something How that going to turn out? I'm just saying, seriously If somebody only calls you And want to engage with you when they want something What are you going to do? You're going to have a talk with them, like, hey, I'm more than what you want Why don't you ask me about my day? Why don't you ask me how I'm doing? Why don't you spend time with me? And when it comes to daily prayers, that's what we're doing We're having a conversation with our, with our Lord With the creator of the heaven We're saying, hey God, I'm here what do you want from me today? How do I live to please you today? Remember, prayer is that essence. We get to fellowship with. we can take petitions to him and, and have people intercede on him. But it's also to experience his presence and to know what his will is for our lives. And so instead of being prideful, really comes to daily prayer we ought to, have, we ought to be poor in spirit. Poor in spirit says, I need you. I'm needy. I know that I can't function or move without you. See, to pray continuous prayers or daily prayers, you don't need to be strong. You don't need to have self discipline, right? No, what you need is to be poor in spirit. Because to be poor in spirit, as I said, it says, hey, I'm needy. I want you. I need you. It reminds me of my daughter, my two-year-old. She, I love her to death. Man, like, Everything is taken care of her by God's grace. She doesn't go without meals. She gets to have fun. She gets to watch Frozen for the 80th time again. She gets to just engage with it. Like, life is great. But there's sometimes where she just keeps just calling Daddy, and I'm like, what do you want? And then all of a sudden, I pick her up, and she just wanted to be in Daddy's arms. That's all it was. Wasn't nothing else. Poor in spirit. I need you. I- Something is about just saying, Father, I need you. When you acknowledge how you can't move without him, because to move without him, we've experienced that we've messed up some stuff before. So instead of moving on our way, we go, Lord, I'm going to move on your way. The Spirit, get this, the important Spirit, the Spirit will not lead us to merely rest in God's presence in a passive way, but actually it will lead us to plead the holy gospel boldness of who Jesus is and his promises. It's not going to just sit there and just rest in to your thumbs and hear this when we pray when you pray in general when you have these daily prayers get this it is a moment of incarnation it is God with us. Praying is coming face to face with the creator with the one who created the cosmos coming face to face with the living God. Pour in spirit. Stay tethered to the temple, as Anna did. But what got me thinking here as I was starting to go through is like, what? Why did she keep coming back? Think about it. The text says she, was gone. she never departed from the temple. And we understand the concept is that she just kept coming. She was very present. What kept her coming back? Because understand, we know for at least 84 years, she was a widow and um, she was a Jew and she was under the Roman uh, government at that time. So I already know life was happening. You just, as as my pastor, uh, as my father of the ministry once said, just keep living. And you'll experience some ups and downs in life. And so what kept her coming back? I believe it was the word of God. It was the word of God. And she was trusting that it would come forth, that it would come into pass. And so I I plead with us today that as we uh, move about our day, as we stay tethered to the temple, here's what we do as we long and wait for Jesus, hold on to God's good word. Hold on to it. Because get this, when he gives his word, he makes good on his promises. And that may seem hard to believe, right? Because you're like, what my eyes see today and what I experience throughout the week and throughout my life, it, it makes it hard to believe that. But understand, his word is good. And one thing that we know for sure, if, if just for just mere experience, is that when someone's former conduct is a good indicator for their future performance. When we've seen what they've done in the past, we know that's a good indication that they are probably good on their performance. And hear me what I say. What I'm saying is that we have a Bible here, 66 letters from God himself that shows us his promises and what is to come. And so we know and we've, we've heard it, we've seen it. There's even been historical artifacts that prove different texts to support it that God makes good on his word. And so we can hold fast to it. We can do what Proverbs 35 says, Proverbs chapter 30 verse 5, every word of God Proves true, so we can hold on to that. Understand, it's interesting, 84 years that she was a widow, decade after decade, coming back and forth, what kept her going? It was the promises of God, and I believe she was praying scriptures of like Isaiah fifty-five eleven that says, so shall my word be that goes forth out my mouth. It shall not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish what I purpose. Shall succeed in the things for which I sent out. She held on to the word of God, the promises of God. And we too can hold on to the promise of God. And one of the chief promises of God happened at the very beginning of Genesis when Adam and Eve disobeyed God and they rebelled against his reign and his rule. And sin therefore permeated the world and a curse fell upon it. But Jesus, but God in his goodness promised that, hey, from this woman, a seed will come forth and crush his head and undo all of this that is taking place, will uplift the curse that is upon the world. Galatians chapter 4, it says, the fullness of time had come. God sent forth his son to born of a woman, born under the law, get this, to redeem those who were under the law. He came to redeem you and I who were under the law. And so because of that, it goes on to say, we can cry out, Abba, Father, because we are adoptions as sons and daughters of God, holding to the promises of God, longing and waiting for him to return. But this waiting and this longing isn't just passive, it actually is um, waiting with faith is what it is. Isaiah 40, the people of God was grown weary and waiting for the promises of God to come true. You all experienced that? Life is getting hard. Things are troubling. And, and, and the only thing you can say is, how long, oh Lord? How long before this ends? But God gave them a word in Isaiah, and he said here, hear the words as we long and wait. And he has this force. He says, have you not known? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary. Hear me. He does not grow faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. His power is to the faint, and to him... Who has no might, he increased strength. Even youth shall faint and be weary. The young shall faint exhausted. But they who wait on the Lord, he shall renew their strength. They shall mount up like wings like eagle. And they shall run and not grow weary. They shall walk and not faint people. As we long for him, we can know that he gives us strength. And we can cry out to him, come Lord, come quickly, O God. And as we're longing, as we're waiting, and we get this strength that comes from God, understand that this longing pray, for this longing actually produces a contending faith, and contending faith leads to contending prayers. And all contending prayers are is when we hold fast to the promises of God and we plead them back to Him to bring this world to its completion as He says He will. That's what it's like to plead as we wait and long for God. And so I tell you again stay tethered to the temple. He's coming back. Stay tethered to the temple. It's like this we say the prayer all the time, the Lord's prayer. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come. Like we, do? We, we murmur it, and even we go through the motions. But when you think about it, that's a really powerful petition when we say that peace, let your kingdom come. It's powerful. And, that's, and as we wait here, we can plead that here. And I can only imagine Anna is probably just, because she all she had was the Old Testament scriptures quoting stuff like Isaiah 9. That says that, hey, you know what, God, your kingdom can come. Come, O Lord. And she's saying for us, a child is born. To us, a son is given. And the government shall rest upon his shoulders, and his name shall be wonder; shall be called Wonderful Counselor. Hear me now, Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, of the, of the increase of the government and the peace. There will be no end on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and uphold, and uphold it with justice and righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of the hosts will do this. She's pleading to those things, and we see that she was able to pray those things and she even got a chance to experience after decades, after decades, pleading and, uh, before the Lord. And then she got to see this baby boy, born. As she sits here, the text says she goes at that very hour, and she goes out giving thanks and goes telling people about the redemption of Israel, of Jerusalem. But here's what's so beautiful about this. At that time, that baby boy came. And here's the thing. When he came, you have the God of this world, the God of this world, of this whole universe, as holy as he is, decides to come down and stuff his glory in filthy flesh because he loves us. He sits here, and he comes down. Not only did he stuff himself in this flesh here, but he lived perfectly, and he marched his way to Calvary, people, on behalf of you and I. And when he sat there and they hung him wide, he sat there took your sins, my sins, the sins of this world, and nailed them to the cross. But people, hear me when I say this: He died for three days, but he woke up with glory and power, all in his hands, baby. And let me tell you here: He is at the right hand of the Father. And when he did that, here's the beautiful. Beautiful part about that, the veil was torn, which means now because we're tethered to Jesus in the temple, we can walk boldly before the God, we can walk boldly in our mess. The closets is gonna be open, the door, the bedroom is gonna be open, and we're gonna say, Jesus, here I am, messed up, toe up from the flow up, but I need you, God. And He took His righteousness and clothed it on Him, and took our wrath and He bore it on Himself. People stay tethered to the temple because of the work of Jesus Christ. And as we long and as we wait for him, we can have power because of him. He's coming back again, people. So as you long and as you wait and it gets tiresome and a modest us that we can stay tethered to the temple and we can pray daily to our father because he's the one that empowers us. And we, one day we know that we can say his word is true. Because we will one day see him in his glory. Face to face in all his goodness. And we will be having new heaven and new earth. Stay tethered to the temple as we long for him. Regardless of what you feel, regardless of what you go through. He's with us. Bring all yourself to him and experience the power and presence of God. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you so much that you don't just leave us hanging, but even from the beginning of time, you had a plan in place. I can only imagine what it was for them to see that baby boy laying in that in that manger, in that feeding trough. I'm so grateful that Jesus became poor so that we can become rich. So God, keep us. Give us strength to endure. Help us hold fast to your word. Help us, Father, to stay tethered to you until your son Jesus come again. Amen. Hey, what I want to do now is I want to take our time in here. <clears throat> and earlier I mentioned about when it comes to daily prayers, we have these breath prayers that we can pray. And so what we're going to do is we're going to take some moments here, um, and we're going, to, we're going to pray these prayers. It's something about this book that I learned here, and I'll talk more about this at the end. But it, it, it says that before you read the scriptures, before you pray the scriptures, sit in silence for two minutes. That's the hard part for us. We want to, we're in a rush. So what we're going to do, We're not. the text says take two minutes. We ain't going to take two minutes, but we're going to take a few seconds to just sit and orient our heart to know that he's here and that he is with us. And so as you take a moment to just get your mind focused to know that he's here, then just lead straight into it and do breath prayers like we talked about. Just, Lord Jesus, Son of David, Have mercy on me. Oh, Lord, by your strength, I shall be able to move forward. Lord Jesus, I need you. Jesus, I need you. So just take those times as we pause for a moment and then lead straight into it, and then I'll come back and pray for us, and we'll move on. Lord, we thank you that we serve a God that, can, that does not grow weary or get tired. <laughs> God, I'm grateful that we have a, a father who, who says, come, all those who are tired, weary, heavy laden, you'll give us rest. God, I'm grateful that no matter how much we mess up, you are right there waiting to receive us. So thank you for your amazing love. Thank you for your faithfulness. Knowing that if you do no more, you're still the most faithful and just God there is or ever will be. Amen.